What's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Pull Up and Chat Podcast. Juan and Victor here with you for another episode. What's up, my brother? I'm doing good, but even though this is not going to make it on the video, I am not doing as good as your dog is doing right behind you. Because <laughs> again, this is an audio medium for the most part, so he won't make the cut. But <laughs> if anybody can were to see what I'm seeing, like my man is living the life. He's just chilling there like, yo, without a care in the world. And I'm trying to be like that someday in my life because my man looks relaxed. I do want like obviously sometime in the future we'll be able to go on like Twitch and stuff um, and be able to go live through there. People could watch our, our podcast through there. But right, I, obviously he's going to be a part of, of that that live experience because he he always wants to be close to either Yuli, which is my wife or myself. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be a part of that live experience. I mean, at, at least we know we have an audience of one. So at least one person is going to be because <laughs> he's there just chilling, just taking it all in. Like, I don't know how much he understands, but homeboy is just sitting there like and he's looking towards us, too. Like, if you turn around and look, he's like looking <laughs> right over here. Like, yo, what is that? What are you guys up to right now? It's like he knows uh, you're talking about me right now exactly so That's i'm just happening. gonna be out here and just shine and like i said i'm trying to be like that someday but now, rather than that doing good man how are things with you oh good bro listen a april is right around which means of course my birthday so yeah I'm oh, always i thought you were gonna that. say baseball i was gonna say oh yeah baseball's that's not that's not <laughs> right bro that's not right that's not right that's not okay <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're right. Your birthday is coming too, so that that's a that's that's cool too. You know, I'm, I'm I was thinking baseball, but yeah, that's cool too. Wow, what a start! What <laughs> I a still start. love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right though. It's like we got basketball going on. We're about to approach the playoffs. Baseball is finally almost here, which we talked about. We got to go watch a couple games together. Absolutely. And then football is a is a 12 month sport, because if it's yeah. not in the regular season, which is capturing all of the, the attention, it's yeah. uh, obviously off season, which, like I said, it's a 12 month sport, bro. They always get the, the number one ratings. And I think we're going to start off with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're, you're absolutely right. I yeah. think they took a cue out of like uh, basketball, because I think basketball have been doing a great job of yeah. that over the years where like. They're off season. They kind of still remained in the news, but we all know football is the juggernaut, at least in this country. And, you know, when they moved, you know, to an eight, 18 week season now, move everything back a week, yep. their calendar years move back. And so they're certainly going to dominate the headlines and definitely going to dominate them when a the move like what we're about to talk to kind of comes, you know, comes around, which unfortunately comes around more often than we care for these days. But, you know, let's get into it. And that's with Deshaun Watson, the former Houston Texans quarterback, um, was recently traded, you know, for anybody who may not know what's going on. He was some he's somebody who is facing, I believe, like 22 or 23, 22, yeah, 22. Um, 22 as of right now, um, sexual misconduct or sexual abuse claims with. And by that, I mean, 22 different women yeah. are charging, yeah. you know, are suing him. But, you know, over the course of the last week, since our last episode, the DA declared that they were not going to move forward with criminal charges. 
And so from the moment that news moved, uh, came out, the conversation quickly moved from, you know, the accusations and, you know, him having a future in football to now where was he going to land and where did he want to go, which is incredible to think about. But he ended up going with Cleveland. And so Cleveland made a huge deal, uh, gave up, I believe it was like five or six picks, including three first rounders. And then turned around and gave him a contract extension uh, yep. for five years, $230 million. So I guess the, the I know how I feel, but I kind of wanted to get your take on what were your thoughts when, when this news broke out, given everything that's happening off the field with him and how the situation played out. That was going to be, that was actually going to be my second uh, point in this conversation, but I guess we could, we could sort of like flip that for now. So obviously the first thing that pops up to my mind is how selective owners can be as far as like when they choose to like step in and say, Oh, you're, you're, you're going against the integrity of the game. So we're, you know, we're not going to allow you to play a la Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. You know, and that's the first place I end up going to with this conversation. Like again, there are 22 active civil suits against Deshaun Watson right now. So it's not like he's completely cleared right now. Yeah. Yet the NFL, like they always do. Hey, you know what? This guy will actually just suspend, you know, we'll, we'll allow you to play, but we'll just suspend you. And this is where, again, um, we always have this topic, this conversation about um, whether or not the NFL cares about any of the issues they, they go out there and say we care, they care about. They don't care about anything as long as, you know, their bottom line, the money, isn't being affected. And obviously, Deshaun Watson, he's a money grabber. He, I mean, who doesn't want to watch Deshaun Watson play? He's one right. of the top 10 best quarterbacks in the league. And if you put him on the Cleveland Browns, they're automatically one of the best teams in football. And of course, people want to watch that. Can you imagine a division with the Browns, the Bengals, who just won the division, the Ravens yeah. and the Steelers, how historical those two teams are? That's going to be one heck of a, a division right there. I mean, you guys are being led by Mitch Trubisky, which I'm going to touch on that in just a second. <laughs> um, but just off the field, it, it infuriates me how selective the NFL is with these issues. If you actually cared about the issues outside of football, for as much as I want to watch Deshaun Watson play, you would suspend them indefinitely. Until he's completely cleared of all the issues. Again, he just got cleared on one side. But as you stated in the introduction, there's still 22 active civil suits pending. So he can lose two of them. He can lose three of them. He can lose one of them. He'll come out that he's actually, that he actually did something. So I just feel like with this whole issue with the NFL, it's, it's like, we're repeating the same patterns over and over and over and over again. We know why they stepped in with Colin Kaepernick the way that they did. People want to come and say, well, he wasn't good enough. Whatever. If you want to go down that route, you want to die on that hill, you could go ahead and die on that hill. Right. Point is, even now today, he's still trying out, trying to get a chance to play in the league. And the NFL is turning the other way not wanting to give him a chance because they know 
that's going to affect their bottom line, which is money. Colin Kaepernick playing will affect their bottom line. Deshaun Watson, it'll be like it'll be just like every other issue. They'll they'll suspend him for six to seven games. He'll come yeah. back. He signed a five year deal. He's gonna come back, and it's like nothing ever happened. The NFL walks away looking. Oh yeah, we suspended him. We we played it by the rule. Whatever, whatever. It's the same story over and over and over again. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, uh, I, everything that you said, I completely agree with you, but I'm going to take it to a further level or um, I don't want to call it deeper, but somewhat, you know, there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's been con- the message that I've been consistently repeating when it comes to all of these things that we've been talking about the NFL. And that is that the NFL collectively will, figuratively speaking, put up the double middle fingers to us. Yep. And moves like this, I believe, are a referendum of us as fans, and I'm not excluding myself, um, the media, and then the owners. That's before I get to the owners or even Roger Goodell as the commissioner, I see this as a referendum on us and as the media. The media, I'll say, because as I mentioned in the introduction, you know, for months, you know, everybody was talking about like, this guy is toxic. Nobody can trade for him because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's going to jail, whatever, whatever. The moment that news broke that the DA was not going to press charges, as far as the media was concerned, and I'm not here trying to be like mainstream media. No, no, I'm talking about in general. The conversation completely shifted from not even talking about like, yo, these these accusers and what they're going through, what they may still be going through after the news of him not facing any criminal charges. It completely that conversation just completely went away. It it was as if he was got if he was uh, there was a verdict and he was declared innocent. That's basically how it was treated. Yep. Because it moved from this guy's toxic to now. Where does he want to go? And that's the, the the crazy part about this, that he actually chose where he wanted to go. I know that it's because he had a no, a no trade, trade clause, clause or yeah. whatever. Yep. But that was the conversation. And you saw the media portray it that way. As it relates to us, it's because, again, we even despite the NFL showing us what you already alluded to, it basically is if you offend some people, Right. If you're Greg Hardy and you beat women, if you're Deshaun Watson and you do this, if you're Josh Brown of the Giants, yo, there's there's a path for redemption. Yeah. But if you offend other people, like you mentioned, man, Michael Vick, I remember, had a tougher road than a lot of these people when, you know, when he was caught with the dog, the dog uh, fighting ring or whatever. Yep. Then then what's what we're seeing here? And again, that's a referendum on us because at the end of the day, for as much as we talk, and of course we have these conversations because they're conversations worth having. Yeah. But is how many people take the city of Cleveland who who have, you know, have for their history, like not, you know, the closest thing they got to having a great quarterback was Baker Mayfield. And look how that flamed out. Yep. And they're over here, like, how many of these people? are going to care week, you know, whenever he comes back, because you're right, there's probably going to be a six, eight game, eight week suspension or whatever. Um, it's crazy how that even works. I don't know if you heard that 
his base salary for this year is only a million dollars. So that if he is suspended, it's really going to cost him like chump change because the, yeah. the big contract, the guaranteed contract kicks in like next year, which is insane how they reworked all of that because they probably knew that a suspension was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So how many people come week nine, week 10? If week 17, Cleveland is on the brink of making the playoffs. How many people are going to are going to care about this? And that's what we as fans have shown the NFL that we are willing to just, we're going to keep watching. And so yeah. what is their motivation? When you said before that they're motivated by the bottom, not only by the bottom dollar, but it's by their messaging. Because I completely disagree with the notion that um, if Kylan Kaepernick were to come back, it'll be bad for the NFL. Hell no. Oh, no their ratings will go through the roof because oh. you're going to have... More some people watching just to see him fail. Yeah, but yeah. it's the message that these thirty-two owners mm -hmm. are saying: these things we're okay with, these things we're not okay with. Yeah, because yeah. if they wanted to, they could have basically done what they did with Kylan Kaepernick, which, by all accounts, it looks like they all conspired to not bring him back. So um, if they wanted to this guy, because even if he doesn't see jail time, hell, even if he settles all of these. Yo, these are 22 allegations of this guy sexually uh, either assaulting or sexual misconduct. Yeah. And yeah. you're saying, you know, yo, yeah, come back. And I'm all for like, obviously, everybody gets an opportunity to redeem themselves. But, yo, there, there's no there's no there's been no apology. There's been no like contrition. There's been nothing. Yeah. There's just like. He's gotten his way, and that's the message that the NFL is willing to. And at this point, I'm not looking to the NFL, and I ended here with this, or toss it back to you. Yeah. I'm not looking at the NFL, like any other sports league, to have any moral compass. That's like anybody who wants to make that argument is just fooling themselves. These leagues are in it to make money and to, to do, like I said, you know, send whatever messaging they want to send and you can see it in their actions beyond their words. Yeah. To me, what this is going to ultimately lead to, and I'm not saying I'm even there yet, where how many of these things is it going to take for us to say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired. As much as I'm entertained on Sundays, as much as I love football, we as friends do fantasy football and all of that other stuff, yeah. is how many of these things, when it comes to like life, are we going to be able to say like, yo, we can't keep looking at this because imagine being a father to a girl and having to explain this, how this guy could potentially be getting away with this just because he's that talented. Yeah. And people who have the power to send a message or not. And so I don't know if that will ever reach that point, but I'm definitely not going to be pointing the fingers at the NFL or the owners anymore because They've already drawn their line in the sand. It's really up to us to really decide if we're going to keep crossing it or not. I mean, I don't think that's ever going to change. And I'm not saying that I agree with that fact. I just don't think anybody anybody's going to change their mind of like, you know what? That's not my problem. Literally, I, this is what I think people think with these situations. It's not my problem. I'm not the one suing. He didn't assault me. I'm going to keep watching the games. And that's what, what over 50%, over 60% of the people, that's what they're going to do. And that's what, that's the route they're going to take. And you mentioned right. something so like, 
Uh, you were like, yeah, everyone deserves a second chance. Yeah, everyone but Colin Kaepernick deserves a second chance in the NFL. Clearly, for for because he, he stood for something, right? That, that's that's the reason why. But anybody else, you know, you could hit a woman, you could beat your kids, you could do whatever you want, you could do drugs, you could do this. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Well, we'll suspend you for six to eight games. You don't even have to be that talented. We'll just suspend you for six to eight. Hell, games. we'll suspend you for two games if there's no video. If there's no video, Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray Rice. So it's like th- this is. The common theme with the NFL, bro. Like, this is what happens, bro. This is what happens. I was but that's not- us. No, I know, I know, I know. And again, yeah. I agree with you 100%. Like, and it's unfortunate because, like, as I said, over 60%, I don't, like, these aren't, like, legit stats. It's just me throwing a number out right. there uh, for yeah. all those purists out there. Like, oh, yeah, tell me about that 65%. No, I'm just throwing a number out there. More yeah, than 50% yeah. of the people, they're going to keep watching, and they're going to keep saying things like, that's none of my business. Yeah, I don't care about that. I just want to watch football. That's yep. that's how they think. And the NFL, they're, they're holding on to that. They're holding on to the fact that, yeah, most of our fans, all they care about is football anyway. So it doesn't matter. Let's suspend them for six to eight games. Let's look right in the public eye and move on from this. That's how they've always done things. Man. That's how they all that. Uh, unless it's again, what happened with Colin Kaepernick? That this was a national thing. We're like obviously right. the president or the candidate at that time brought light to this thing, and now you got you've got over half the country, or probably just half the country, mad at this one guy. The NFL says, "Hey, wait a minute!" <laughs> now they 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 really threatening not to watch games. So now we we really got to do something about this. We got to take this guy out. That's the only way. I don't even think that it's that. To be quite honest with you, I don't even think it's the threat because again, they know people are gonna watch. Yeah. I think that that really comes down to, again, it's a reflection of it's these situations basically hold the mirror to everybody's faces. Like when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, I genuinely believe and I don't know anybody's heart, but I genuinely believe is the reason why Colin Kaepernick is not in the league is not because an owner is really afraid of their fan bases disappearing because they're not. I think the reason why um, somebody like Deshaun Watson gets a second chance, so does like Ben Roethlisberger got a second chance because I'm not going to exclude him because I'm a fan of the Steelers. But all of these guys is because a lot of these owners, a lot of these people, that's their world. That's their world view. That's the view that a lot of these men remember. These are a lot of guys in like their 60s and 70s. And I'm not saying that they're advocating necessarily for any sexual misconduct, but they come from a world where as men, as powerful men, how dare you tell me no? How dare somebody not hold me accountable? How dare somebody tell me that I'm part of a society where I have privilege because of the color of my skin? These are the messages that the ones that in Colin Kaepernick that they don't agree with because that's their view. And then when it comes to these kinds of issues with like Deshaun Watson, again, I'm not saying that they're advocating for any mistreatment, but they come from a time and place where it's like, oh, I can understand why a man in a massage parlor. I mean, not to bring up like thing, but what happened to Robert Kraft? Yeah. Yep. Like it wasn't that he necessarily was taking advantage, but he was in a similar situation looking for a similar um, ending outcome than what Deshaun Watson was looking for. Yeah. So you can see the parallel where one of them can see themselves in this situation and be like, oh, I, I can I can relate to that. I can understand that. 
And that I think it's a prism of the worldview of these owners. And that's why they're willing to go along with certain things and some things that they're not. And when you have the backdrop of like, yo, the customer is going to keep, keep, keep coming back. They're hooked on this drug. We got those billions of dollars in yeah. streaming rights. Everybody's fighting for us so we can do whatever the hell we want. And every, come Sunday, everybody's going to be watching. And that's ultimately where it lies. And, and all of these, for me, that's going to be my constant message is that it starts with us. Because as long as we keep coming back, there is absolutely zero motivation for any of them to change. No, that I, I agree with you 100% there. But why don't we like sort of try to go from there to uh, transitioning on the field um, with the, the, this move that's been made? Like what kind of impact do you feel this is going to have just quickly? What kind of impact do you think this is going to have on the field for the Cleveland Browns? I mean, in year one, it's not going to be much, yeah. you know, um, because obviously just to show their hand and, you know, for PR purposes, they're probably they're at least going to su suspend them six to eight weeks. Yeah. If not, maybe even the whole year, if they really want to, like, you know, put on a show. So I don't think that it's going to have an immediate effect when he does step out on the field. If obviously health matters in the NFL, obviously, but if he's where let's say he's been the quarterback he was for, for uh, Houston all these years, then he, autumn, he puts Cleveland at the, I want to say not at the top because the AFC is really like stacked right now, which we'll get into later on, yeah, yep. but it definitely puts them as at, at the top with Cincinnati uh, for the next few years yeah, as yeah. The, the, the favorites to win the division, because The Ravens, you never know, you know, uh, if they're if Lamar Jackson is going to stay healthy, what kind of moves they make. Pittsburgh looks like it's in a transition period because I don't think Mitchell Trubisky is the answer for them. I think that they're just going to sign a guy until they get the guy that they think that they can build around. Yeah. Yep. So it, if nothing else, it puts them in the convert. It would put them in the conversation to be at the top of that division. And once you're in the playoffs, man, like anything can happen. Yeah, I, I guess it'll be interesting to see. I, I certainly like moving forward. Obviously this year it'll be sort of shaky to try to predict what's going to happen with the Browns because we don't know how many games Watson is going to miss. But moving yeah. forward, obviously with, with how Cincy and how they, they've, now they've built that offensive line, which was clearly a problem in the Super Bowl. Um, obviously right. you have to have them as the number one team in that division. But I think right, they're right. right there, right behind Cincy. With a guy like Deshaun Watson, yeah. if he's able to play with that, that two-headed monster in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, And, and adding an Amari Cooper. Another, another example of what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, exactly. So it's like when you look at this team, and obviously on the defensive side, they're, they're, a, solid, they're a solid bunch. They're right there with the, with the Bengals, but it's, it's a matter of how many games Watson misses and what's their record in those games that he misses. But it's going to be right. interesting to watch either way. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be... Hey, for if nothing else, Cleveland has really put themselves back, you know, in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. For uh, uh, the last few years, obviously coming back with make Baker Mayfield, which is sad. Like how quickly that just broke down. <laughs> He's know. about to be gone. Yep. Um, and yeah, like you said, if nothing else, they'll be interesting to watch in the upcoming season. Well, aside from Deshaun Watson, which obviously you know dominated the headlines. 
the truth, which kind of ties into what we said earlier uh, that about the NFL becoming a 12-month sport, is that he wasn't the only move that was made. There were a couple of signings, a couple of trades, which I won't name specifically as we, you know, kind of discuss the topic. But I just want to see or hear your thoughts on which other move really came out of nowhere, which one really made an impact on you and what you think will make the biggest impact coming up next season. How can we not talk about that Packers and Raiders trade? <laughs> I think we have to start off there and then we could sort yeah. of trickle down into the other moves that were made in the NFL. That was the, the most shocking move. And I think that's the move that's going to have the most impact in the NFL next season. When you trade away a guy like Devontae Adams, and I knew this was going to happen. I knew that after they gave Aaron Rodgers all that money, $50 million per year, I believe, right? Right. I mean, how are you going to have money left for the number one receiver in football? It's just in a cap sport, in a hard cap sport, where you can't spend more than that line, that was bound to happen. And when you move a guy like Devontae Adams to the Raiders with a pretty good quarterback in Derek Carr, a pretty yeah. good wide receiver too in Hunter Renfro, a really good tight end in Darren Waller, that yeah. defense is no joke. I mean, dude, like, and then you have Josh Jacobs. If he can stay healthy, they've got a good running game there. That division all of a sudden, and obviously we could talk about the other moves, like the Denver Broncos right. adding Russell Wilson yeah, onto their team, the Chargers adding Khalil Mack to that already crazy defense. I think they also added J.C. Jackson from the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I'll have to look at that, but they also added that guy. So an already talented defense and that offensive side with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert. I mean, yep. come on, bro. That division, bro. And that's this is what I'm I'm so excited for football, bro, because the during NFL season, you're already like on your feet. Even when you don't root for a team. That's what I love about that right. sport. That I can watch anyone play. Obviously, fantasy football plays a huge role in that. But dude, like now you've got the offseason. You've got all these moves that were just made. It's going to be like it's going to be crazy to watch. There, obviously, there were other moves that were made in the NFL, like the number one move, which was the Buccaneers adding the GOAT, Tom Brady. <laughs> but I wasn't trying to be biased, so I left that out. But th those are just okay. some moves that were made. Like, what, what are some that came to your mind um, during this past week? I mean, I, I'm right in, in line with you. I wrote three moves, and they were all related to the AFC West, which we, <laughs> which you did, which you touched upon. Yeah. The Devontae Adams part for me, I, I, I want to take a moment on that one because yeah, yeah. for me, that one is so shocking, like you said, because number one, he was leaving. And that's what the reports are coming out, that he was gone no matter what. No matter what happened with Aaron Rodgers. He was gone, and Aaron Rodgers knew about it. That those are the reports yeah, that are being yep. like that are coming out. That True. you know he was obviously mad about the whole you know franchise tag situation. They supposedly there was a report. I, I can't remember off the top of my head who was it that that you know reported it, but that Green Bay was actually willing to it's a match to match the money that he was going to get in in Oakland. So this was a move where like he wanted this, he wanted out. Which, to me, that's the fascinating part because you're going from, listen, for all his stuff, and I am no longer a fan of his because of some of that stuff, 
you can't make the argument, you can't deny, excuse me, the argument that Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest to ever play the position yeah, of quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. True. Talent wise, he you can't you he's up there with anybody that anybody. you want to mention. True. Right? And so for Devontae Adams to have that, to be able to at least come back for one more year of that under the franchise tag and then go from there to at least say, like, let me go at least try to win this championship um, for one, you know, one more year and then decide or see what happens after that, like, clearly speaks to either he, the dysfunction that was clearly happening in Green Bay over the last couple of years, or more importantly, maybe he was just done with Aaron Rodgers and his crap because he at the quarterback position, he clearly did not upgrade by going over to the Raiders team wise. He clearly did not upgrade and division wise. Certainly he didn't like no nope. upgrade because mm-hmm. they're going to have a tougher time coming out of that division than the cakewalk that Green Bay has had in the NFC North for the last, I don't know, almost 15 years where, yeah, you'll Talk have a year it. where. Minnesota is okay a year where the Bears are okay, but Green Bay has basically like dominated that division for as long as Aaron Rodgers has been there. And so for him to walk away from all of that simply because he wanted to play with his college quarterback, I don't know. I think that there's more there that maybe we'll find out at some point, maybe not. But I just found that fascinating that he chose to leave. And then the other two I'll touch on briefly is the Chargers, what you said with Khalil Mack, because offensively they know that they have a window. They have the young quarterback on the rookie contract. They have a great running game, great wide receivers, and now you add a disruptor. Like, I know Khalil Mack is not, let's say, Aaron Donald, but he's not that far behind. You know, like, I see Khalil Mack as like Von Miller when he was with the Denver Broncos that year they won the Super Bowl. Like, this guy that can be in any play and can get to the quarterback and can hit you in the run game. Like just the guy's just so versatile. And so now that if that defense rallies around this, this guy, man, like that's going to be interesting to see. And then Denver is my, my third move. You know, we've been here for the past few years that Denver is really good, that they've been a quarterback away, Yeah, that they had solid defense, that they have, They've always been able to produce great running backs. They had some some talented wide receivers. And now you got a Super Bowl winning quarterback who still like has some good years ahead of him, we would think. And so that division is just like insane, which you mentioned. And before I toss it back to you, and I guess this is a question I want to pose to you in, in return is, man, are we looking at the possibility that Kansas City may be one of those like, one and done teams because it clearly looks like the rest of that division is kind of caught up. And I know that they make some moves, but now, you know, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, but now this is two years in a row where they've been bounced out or they've lost. I should say when this, you know, after they won, that was supposed to be the emergence of the dynasty. Yeah. And, you know, now that division is like caught up so much that if you tell me like, the Chargers win the division next year, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. So do you think that, like, what do you think the impact that would be on Kansas City? Do you think that they have what it takes to, like, evolve and, like, counter, or are they just going to rest on what they got? I mean, let's give them credit. They added the TikTok superstar, Juju. 
Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. Maybe he can hang out with Patrick Mahomes' brother and they oh, can start making my, TikToks that, together. That, that's gonna, Imagine the sight of that. Oh, that's going to be so annoying. But, yo, this is what I said after they won that first Super Bowl. Y'all need to chill, man. You, you think y'all the first team that, that, that have won a Super Bowl? And you what? You think you're just going to win the next year? That's not how it works. Why don't you ask Aaron Rodgers, who won his Super Bowl 12 years ago? Yeah. And he hasn't been back. Like, yo, just because Tom Brady's won seven, it don't mean this is easy, bro. This is it's tough. It's a one game elimination. And the yeah. and, and the AFC is getting much better. The AFC is actually better than the NFC. You've got the Buffalo Bills who, you know, should have beaten you if it wasn't for that how, how they play defense towards the end. Yeah. The Bengals who, who added Von Miller. Who added by the Von way. Miller, exactly. To talk about that, to that def- yeah. to that to the number one defense in the NFL, by the way, because they were the number one defense in the NFL. Yep. The Bengals just beat you, right? And, and obviously their issue was the offensive line. That's fixed. You've got Joe Burrow for another year with those young guns. Like, what do you think is gonna happen there? You yep. just mentioned the Broncos in their own division. The Broncos get Russell Wilson, who's won a Super Bowl before. Obviously, so now you expect those outside weapons and Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton to actually have an impact now because, you know, you don't have Teddy Bridgewater throwing you the football. I'm sorry. Right. It's Teddy Bridgewater we're talking about here. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. <laughs> now you've got a, a stud at the running back position in Javante Williams, and then you've yep. got that defense. And then with the Chargers, which, as you said, I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they come out as the number one team in the AFC West next year. Herbert. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, your boy, Austin Eckler. And then on the defensive side, Khalil Mack. And let's not even talk about Joy, Joy Bolza. Come on. Like, yep. yo, they, they're, they're stacked all over the place. So, like, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to win that division. But I'm excited because, obviously, that's what you want in football. That's what right. you want to see. You want to see those types of com- competitions. Obviously, in the NFC, um, you know, my boy Tom Brady, he has no competition. You know, because he's going to win next year. <laughs> Bias, once again. No, but, yo, like, NF, the NFL, bro, they've just shown year in and year out that they're, I'm sorry, I know you love baseball, but they're the number one sport because, yo, it's a 12-year s- season, bro. Like, even in the off season, 12 months. 12 months, sorry, 12 month season, where, like, even in the off season, you're like, oh, shoot, what's going to happen? And obviously, I think this has been amplified lately in the past couple of years. I don't know if you feel the same way. Because I don't know, like, in, when I first started watching football in the, in the 2000s, I, I'm not sure free agency was like this, where, like, the offseason you were, like, waiting to see if somebody was going to move or, or get traded. One of these key players, not just anyone. But yeah. Not, they, they're clearly that now. And I, I'm excited as a, as a football fan, bro. This is – I'm excited, bro. I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, the coverage, obviously, in everything in life, from news to sports, now it's like 24-7, yeah, you yeah. know, and now things are highlighted. And the NFL, to, to their credit, has really made a push to do, to accomplish that, you know, which we've mentioned several times in becoming a uh, a 12-month sport, you know. So you obviously have now not just the, the moving of players, but how it gets covered. Yeah. Obviously, yep. with social media and things like even before they happen, you know, they actually happen. You have all everything circulating, the rumors and social media. 
that gets people talking and so on and so forth. So they've done a hell of a job doing that, which nobody can deny. And obviously it all comes down to what happens off the field, because if sports have taught us anything, it's on paper, things can look great. And then, you know, something happens and something it all happens. falls apart. Yep. So, and, you know, to me, to, to kind of answer the question I had with, with regards to Kansas city, it's, this is their test of evolution because when you, when you mentioned earlier about like, you know, the hype, I think the hype was justified because here you have, again, in Patrick Mahomes at, at what was he like 23, 24 at the time, somebody who looks as good as anybody Anyone ever. to play that position. You found them young, which is not always the case in the NFL. And you have these monsters around him. You have t- um, Travis Kelsey. You have Tyreek Hill. You've had all these um, these runners behind there. When you had Kareem Hunt, you get he get rid of him, and you have somebody just as good in um, uh, Edwards. And so I can understand the hype being there. But my question, and and not to pat myself on the back, is the last two years you've heard. I think if you anybody who listens to to our show can can go back and check is that I've said, you know, Andy Reid, even in the year that they won has shown like, yo, I'm just going to stick to what I do, even if it's not working or sorry, I'm not going to stick to what I know or what we're good at. Yeah. So you don't really see his, his ability to evolve when the moment calls for it. I should say, I think that's a, a better way of putting it. Yeah. And so now if it falls on the front office, it's as they see these other teams and make these moves, are they going to counteract and say, you know what, we are going to go and get these guys. We are going to go and try to be better or not have whatever, you know, that situation that happened at the Super Bowl where our offensive line was completely decimated and cost us a championship, basically. So I think that's going to be the question is, can they evolve? Because as you so right put it, or so rightly put it, Aaron Rodgers was the same path. And like you said, he's never been back. So there's no guarantees in this sport. But if you don't evolve, man, that's that's where a lot of teams, places, businesses die for failure of evolution. And so you can't always rest on what you got. They know that they couldn't do it when they lost to Tampa Bay. So it's going to be interesting to see what they what they're able to do. So pick a team. Which team do you think their move will have the biggest impact? Um, I mean, right now, I'm going to say it's going to be Khalil Mack. Um, I think that's the move that kind of like. And the, the only reason I say is because the, the upside for the Chargers was already high. So it's not like a team that's like whack. And then all of a sudden it's going to yeah, become yep. better. It's a team that's already good. And all of a sudden can now or a team that was on the verge of great. And now just got somebody that could really be the difference maker. I think that's the 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 one that I would choose. If you had to squeeze my arm, then the I guess the biggest impact, if that's the question, and I'm sorry for taking a little longer, <laughs> would probably be Russell Wilson. Because I think that's where you're gonna see it the most. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Like and, and like you said, they had, you know, Trevor Simeon and Patrick Lynch. And Teddy Bridgewater was like an all-star compared to those guys. <laughs> but now you're going to have somebody who's going to fling it 
who's going to run. And so I think he has the that would be where the biggest impact could potentially be felt. I was going to go with the Chargers because I, I feel like they have a legitimate shot. Obviously, they all have a shot at, at, at winning that division. But I really do feel like the Chargers have like the best shot of winning that division. Yeah. Like really challenging the Chiefs because they have everything on both sides. Like they have superstar caliber players on both sides of the ball. And I Absolutely. think I, I really do feel like the Chargers, maybe my, my early prediction, I don't know, I could change it, but the Chargers, bro, out the AFC West. Listen, I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if that's how it turns out. So now moving on to, to baseball, which doesn't stay far behind in the offseason drama. Like, it just like everything started trickling down. Everything started happening one by one. And, and, and you got you to give them credit. You know, they, they've also, you know, dove into this idea of like, yo, we need, we need to hype up the offseason. And they certainly did that because there were so many moves that were made. But I, I sort of like, I guess I want to break them all down. And, and then yeah. the first question I want to ask, right, I guess that's the first question that we could dive into is which move during the free agency, I guess, was the biggest shock for you as a baseball fan? Um. Well, I, I'm going to answer that question in two parts. I think that the biggest shock to answer, answer your question is for me was a Carlos Correa move. Uh, leaving Houston because and Houston not re-signing him because you talk about in our last episode, we we discussed, you know, which team we thought was going to like, you know, be there at the end or like make a push at least to come out of the their respective league. Yeah. And we both said Houston, but we also both thought that he was going to be there, <laughs> exactly. you know, because they I know that they still have a loaded team somewhat. And they still have Altuve. Uh, they still have Bregman. Um, I forgot the guy that you mentioned last week. Alvarez. That, Alvarez, you know, Alvarez, yeah. Alvarez, right? So they have a good nucleus, and maybe that's why they did it. But, man, I, I genuinely thought that that team for the next, you know, five, seven years, because baseball you can't really do 10 years no more, Yeah. For was going to be built around Correa. I think that Correa was going to be the centerpiece. It was going to be... Either him or Springer. Obviously, they let Springer go when he went to to Toronto. So I thought that was the that was part one of the move to like this is our guy, and maybe they they see something. Maybe the money wasn't there, but I genuinely was surprised because to me this and that's why I think it's the most shocking. It's going to be the most impact the impactful move is. I don't see Houston being there in the end without Correa. Nope. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're, they're supporting cast. Maybe these other guys just step up. But there's no way that I see uh, Houston being there. So just by by them losing out on that guy, I think that that's going to be the, the – I think that was the most shocking and the one that's going to have the most impact. Uh, what about you at the top of the list? So I have two. Obviously, with, with Carlos Correa, I agree with you. I think – when we made that prediction about the Astros, we both thought, obviously, there's no way this guy ends up anywhere else but the Astros. The Yankees, yeah. that's a pipe dream. I, at least I was hoping it was a pipe dream. And, and it was. But the Twins, I mean, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, I think that, that this immediately takes the Astros, even though, as you said, they have a, a talented roster. But, bro, when you take a piece like that away, it's like, for me... It's sort of like the equivalent, and maybe Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge is better than him. 
or he is a better player than than Correa. But it's like yeah. taking that superstar player off your roster, like that's gonna that's immediately gonna have an impact unless you find a replacement, which they didn't find a replacement. So I agree with you. 100%. I mean, I, I I'll I'll counterpoint that. I think that to me spells more to like, and not to make it about your team, but I think that that's more like when Boston lost Mookie Betts, because even though you had you know your Rafael Devers, you had you know Ben and Tenny and all of these guys that they had at the time. Like he was like that guy that you thought you were going to build around for the yep, next few yep, years. And all of a sudden, like he's gone where like, you're like, okay, so what's happening here? So I think that the, cause judge. Yeah. But they still have Stanton. They still have some of these younger guys, but I, I see that more in line as to like when Mookie was like traded away from, from, from Boston. See, I don't like that. You did that. Cause I, I I've, <laughs> I've been, I've been past that. All right. I, I I, I decided to move up, to move on from the Boston Red Sox doing that. And listen, you, you guys got Trevor Story. So okay, no, like, but I'm gonna get there. there. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Relax. <laughs> I'm just mad that you that you're opening up old wounds, old bro. Wounds. You don't do that. You don't. <laughs> a brother doesn't do that. All right. I moved on from the Mookie Betts trade because I okay. I, I, I love Alex uh, Verdugo. He may not be the caliber of a player that. Mookie Betts is, but I just love his character. I love what he brings, the spark that he brings to the team. And then right. Kike Hernandez. I mean, you could plug that dude anywhere. Oh, and, no. And, and I, 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 that dude, I, I've always I've always been a fan of him. I, He's somebody who, like... Didn't watch him. I didn't watch him much with the Dodgers. And, and, oh, yeah. I saw him. Bro, yeah. like, the kid is a star, bro. I could plug yeah. him anywhere. Look at that. Yeah. He's going to start for... He's going to start for them at center field, even though we got yeah. Jackie Bradley back. So, it's like... Yeah. I moved on from that. Don't ever, don't do that to me, right? <laughs> no, okay. No, but I think, um, obviously, I agree with you with the Korea uh, uh, move. And then the other one that I think is going to have the most impact, and I, I'm calling it now, they're going to win the World Series, whatever. Um, it's Freddie Freeman to yeah. the Dodgers, bro. Like, yeah. What, like, how, why do the Dodgers continue to do this, man? First of all, let's blame your squad for not paying up the man. I don't know. I I heard they didn't want to give him that that last year. I think he was looking for the for the final year, which was no, the year number six. The Braves weren't willing to to offer up year number six. Is that correct? Yeah, that's kind of what the reporting has been. You know, it, it, it's kind of conflicting because he said, you know, in his introductory pre, introductory press conference yeah. with Dodgers that supposedly the Braves only reached out twice, which is like. You know, it, it's crazy to believe and, you know, not because I'm a Braves fan, but, you know, Atlanta has shown over the years. I know it's new management, a new yeah, way of doing yeah. things, but, you know, they've always shown loyalty to their guys, yeah. you know, like Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, all these guys that were there for, for a hot minute. So it's it's crazy to think that it kind of broke down that way. That's why it was, it was shocking to me that, that he made a move like that and, and and that the Braves, if the reports are true, weren't willing to offer him that additional year to their, you know, one of their star players. Cause they've also got, you know, Acuna, maybe, I don't know if his contract is up. Maybe that's why they didn't want to offer up that last year. I don't know how Who's he's contract uh, Acuna. I don't know if it's, is, is no Acuna is set Cause okay. they bought out his arbitration years. Yeah. So he's set, I think at least for the next five years, He's he's under contract. Yeah. So as far as shock, I think those were the two moves, and then impact. So as we said, we separated these two between shock and impact. Yeah. Impact yeah. for me, obviously, Freeman falls under that as well. I was shocked, but the impact is that for me, they're going to win the World Series. That that's that. You see, I'm 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 reasonable. I'm not picking the Boston Red Sox. 
But also I, Trevor I mean, Story going Trevor Story going to Boston, bro. Like I think that's one of the biggest impacts in baseball. When you yeah. solidify that infield the way that you did, you have Rafi Devers at third base. You have Bogarts who who's most likely going to opt out from his contract, but I do hope that he resigns with the team. Superstar caliber player. All right. You you know, you have Bobby Dalback at first base, you know, young prospect, you know, we're hoping that he improves even more. In these next couple of years. Then you add Trevor Story. We could agree that he's one of the best players in baseball. Can we yeah. say that? Yes. And yeah. the fact that he was. I mean, with a caveat. Yeah. I'll, I'll add a caveat is that Colorado hitters, you always have to be skeptical of how much of their numbers are inflated because <laughs> of playing in Coors Field. Could, you could, know, so like that's the, the, the history, you know, obviously when you have when you're talented, like let's yeah, say Nolan yeah. Arenado, he's doing his thing in St. Louis now. So um, hopefully story is the same case because I'm not saying I'm rooting against him or anything like that. Remember, but it's the one notorious thing about people that play in Colorado, especially the hitters, that the numbers are greatly inflated by playing over. You there. remember that story I told you when I went to, to visit uh, Fenway Park? Bro, yeah. I think we could hit home runs out there. Obviously, maybe yeah. not if they're pitching that fast. But, bro, that, <laughs> that park is so small, bro. Yeah. And I think that's going to benefit a guy like like Trevor Story, bro. Like, dude, I think it's going to be perfect for him. It, again, solidifies that that what they needed in the infield. Then you can take Kike Hernandez back to center field. You've got your defense out there with Kike. You've got Jackie Bradley, which, you know, you brought back and you got Verdugo. In left field, you know, I think this team Vasquez at catcher. I think they're 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 trying to sort of work on their bullpen, which to me was their biggest weakness last season. If they're able to bolster up their bullpen, some, I, yeah. I, I, I now that I don't have the Astros coming out of the American League because they lost career, I think the Boston Red Sox have a legitimate chance at taking the AL East. I, I remember saying last week. That's a four-team race. I, I don't think so anymore. Yeah. I think the Boston Red Sox, call me a homer, don't care. I think they're the favorites to come out of that 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 division because of this move that they made, which was yeah. what they needed. And I think they have a legitimate shot at capturing that American League title next season. Am I crazy for that? I mean, no, no, not okay, at okay. all. You know, I think whoever comes out of that division or, you know, after the divisional round, is definitely going to to make noise because you know everything that you just mentioned. The Yankees, I, I said last you know last episode that I think that they're due to make a deep run. Yeah, obviously they got Donaldson, which is no small feat. You know, like he's somebody who's an MVP. You know, a few years removed. Uh, last time I saw him in Atlanta, he had a, a hell of a year for the Braves. So. Um, I think whoever, you know, wins that division and, like I said, comes out of that division around is certainly, like, in line to make a deep run. Possibly wouldn't be surprised if either one of those teams honestly wins the American League, period. You know, so I, I, I that's not far-fetched. You know, when it comes to, like, you know, the Braves, I, I, I was shocked, again, because I think that Freddie Freeman was supposed to be that the next Chipper Jones, the yeah, guy that yeah. was, you know, going to be there for his entire career and, you know, that they were going to take care of him. To me, it sound like I don't want to give sound like I'm giving the Braves the benefit of the doubt, but 
But I think that there's more there than meets the eye. You know, maybe it was kind of like, let's say, uh, Albert Pujols situation back with St. Louis, where yeah. they were so far apart that it just kind of broke down. Because I think that going to what we said about a team and their heart and soul, like the guy that you think that they're going to build around. I know that Atlanta has, you know, um, Acuna and he's certainly up there. They have um, Ozzy Albies who are like, they're like the lightning rods. But Freddie Freeman was that guy, like that core, like that guy you can like nominate a captain of the yeah. team. Agreed. You know, yeah. and, and for them, for it to not be like, for it to be broken down like that, something's there that that we obviously haven't heard and maybe will never heard never hear you know Matt Olsen I think that's I think the fact that they traded for him was an indication like oh this guy's not coming back and there's no way that we can bridge that gap yeah, yeah. because they ended up almost signing for almost the same amount of money same amount of money almost same amount of years um so the only difference is Olsen is like two years younger than than uh, than Freddie Freeman. So I guess they feel more comfortable giving those, you know, that extra year or whatever. But I just think that it had to be more than like a final year and whatever, because if nothing else, they could have made it a club option or a mutual option. I think that that, that gap is bigger than one year and a few million dollars. Or maybe it was just a relationship thing where like, he wasn't getting what he wanted and he moved on. I think that Atlanta is still in a great spot because yeah, they've yeah. gone out. They solidified their both pen. They, yeah. I don't know if you heard, they signed Kenley Jensen, who was the closer for the wow, Dodgers really? for a few years. Yeah, he's now like, you know, and they had already, they had already a great bullpen yeah. as we saw it in the playoffs. And now they just added this guy. Um, I was sad to see Soler go. I think he could have been the perfect DH for them. Now that the now DH that rule DH, is going to yeah. be, you know, <laughs> universal, but, but I still think that they're going to be good. And if they're able to not to kind of bring the whole episode back, but if the, um, they're able to patch or work past the thing with uh, Marzell Zuna, his off the field thing, yeah. going back yep. to what we said at the mm -hmm. beginning of the episode, then, yo, that's a beast that you're getting back. Like from a, a defending championship, had one of their most talented players not even be there the whole year, and they're going to be bringing them back. So I think that's definitely something to watch and tossing it back and, again, bringing it full circle. It'll also be interesting to see what happens with Trevor Bauer and uh, the L.A. Dodgers because that's another thing where, like, if he's able to return and the off-the-field stuff, you know, gets pushed to the side or whatever, um then that's definitely like another squad, like to just like, my God, like they, they, they said, what are the Dodgers doing? And now with this DH <laughs> rule, they really have so much flexibility to put people oh in all God. sorts of, of places because you don't have to worry about the pitcher batting anymore. If, like they, can, that, if they can stay healthy. And I think, I mean, it's like, yo, it's, it's damn near impossible to beat these guys. Like, it's like a cheat code, like playing against these guys. I I I, I hate to admit it, but if, if they stay healthy, they they ain't they ain't going seven games with anyone. Like we talking. I mean, well, listen, my my squad took them out, so oh, I, of we, course we, yeah. we took them out, and we took them to Game Seven the year before. So like that's why I say on paper anything can look good. It's about getting out there on the field, but 
on paper, it's damn near impossible to see these this lineup and all these guys got and for anybody to like say we have a fighting chance against them. Like it's insane. I like, think the 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 one thing we we can agree with, and I think we can end with this, is that in the National League, it's the Dodgers and the Braves, and then there's everyone else. To me, I'm sorry. I think that well, don't forget about the Giants because the Giants huh. are like absolutely. I think because they're in the same division with the Dodgers, then you're yeah. gonna have to battle with that. I'm taking the Dodgers over the Giants. Oh, that's if, yeah, yeah. That, that's the only reason why I'm saying that. I think there's yeah. those two teams. I think it's the Braves. You have to give them respect because they just won, and then the Dodgers, and then in the American yeah. League, it's the Boston Red Sox, and then everyone else. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, this this definitely is going to be an interesting season to uh, kind of unfold. And, like, man, the NFL ain't the only one that can build up some drama and, like, something to look <laughs> forward true. to. So we'll see how this season plays out. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I think we're going to wrap it up there. You know, um, as we always say when we finish our episodes, we want to say thank you to everybody who rocks with us, listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or whatever your favorite streaming platform is. So thank you, everyone who uh, likes, shares, comments on on our posts on social media. We're out there in, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Shout out to our TikTok family that's kind of like growing and, you know, engaging with our videos. We're really grateful for that. And never want to look past anybody who like shows support. But thank you for rocking with us. This is going to do it for us this week. This is the latest edition of the Pull Up and Chat podcast. I'm Victor. That's Juan. Mi gente, we out.